I've been looking in the word of the Lord and I, I am, I hope, I, I, I cannot finish this lesson and I know we are growing apostolic legacy and that's sort of our, our tag or byline. And I realized, and we've heard a lot of great lessons, and I don't know what the main lesson was about, was the resurrection, but I have been looking at the Beatitudes. Anybody ever heard of the Beatitudes? A few of you. And um, it's, um, the Beatitudes are important um, when you think about what kind of attitude. And uh, I got to see uh, Brian and Michelle uh, Anderson from Wisconsin, and that's uh, great to have them in church tonight. And um, <clears throat> this is still home, Brian. I don't care what, you can live in Wisconsin a long time, but see, we do have pretty days down here. Wisconsin never does, I know. It, it's the frozen north. So anyway, but uh, no, we are glad they're here. And I, uh, <clears throat> you see what happens when you bid good on a cake? Sister Joe bid good on a cake and got them a room, and they got to come down and be in it. Hallelujah. <laughs> she told me when she was bidding. She said, I'm bidding on cakes to get rooms <laughs> for my kids. And then so forth. So I don't know. I may have, I may have spilled the beans. You may have to go out and buy a room. I don't know. I don't know which kids it was, Brad or Brian or Julie. But there were some of them that got one. So uh, a cake auction is important, folks. Just uh, let you be known, knowing that. But uh, the Beatitudes, and I, I looked at the Beatitudes as. Um, uh, in a way that I've never really looked at them before. I, I was thinking about them and thinking about them and have been for several days. And, and, you know, when we talk about what is your attitude? Do you have a good attitude? You ever heard anybody ask you that? You don't have a, you have a bad attitude. You have a good attitude. You have a horrible attitude. Anybody ever heard that? You may, I don't want to say we've ever used that, but Sometimes looking at somebody, you, your attitude needs what? Adjustment. That's it. You need an adjusted attitude. And, and in a world in which in this kind of silhouette, it's how do you maintain a Christian life? And that's what the Beatitudes, to me, as I begin to look at it, it was how to maintain a a believer's lifestyle. And I know that it is easy sometimes to think that, you know, and, and go through and progressions and I've done that and I've taught on it and you all have heard that and you know what the Beatitudes, many of you, they're, they're, they're listed in Matthew the fifth chapter for those of you who are not familiar with them. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 1, Jesus saw the multitude. He goes up to a mountain, and he set the people down, and his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth, and this is sort of the first sermon. He, in the fourth chapter, he's into temptation, and now he's preaching for the first time. 
He has gone to the synagogue and um, he's read the verses. And now that uh, today and all your ears and all this. And so now he's teaching. He is in full blown ministry mode, if you will. And Jesus says the first one, blessed are, and then, of course, he blows our mind because we consider being blessed. Blessed are those that make a lot of money. Blessed are those that are, you know, engaged. Blessed are those that have wonderful things happen to them. Blessed are those that you know, go over and see a play. Blessed are those that are in good health. Blessed are those that are, you know, had a good meal. And uh, blessed are those that, blessed, blessed, blessed. We put blessings, but Jesus kind of throws it upside down and he says it like this. Blessed are the, what? Poor in spirit. Then he goes on to say, for theirs is, everybody say is, the kingdom of heaven. Kind of a strange blessing. Then he goes right on into the next blessing. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall, everybody say shall, shall be comforted. Then he goes on, blessed are the meek, for they again shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Same one as the very first one. Remember, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now blessed are they which are persecuted for their righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, the reason I said the Beatitudes are maintaining a Christian life was because I am not talking about an initial believing on the Lord. The Bible says, he that cometh to God must first do what? Believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seeking. I'm not simply just talking about being a believer because the Lord talked about believing. And in 
People ask him questions. In fact, in John, the sixth chapter, they said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the work, uh, works of God? And Jesus said unto him, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom hath he hath sent. So we know that the gospel, the good news, is that Jesus came and lived and died, and that's the Easter message, and rose again. You have to be a believer first before you can ever live a Christian life. You can be a good person, you can do good things, but you are not living a Christian life unless you're first a believer. There are good people there are people that do good that are not Christians. There are people that are peacemakers. There are people that, and you say, well, are you saying they're saved, not saved? Again, for those of you who've known me long enough, I'll tell you that's above my pay grade. <clears throat> All I know is Jesus said, I am the door and you can't come except by me. And so, you know, you first have to be a believer. In John the seventh chapter, he explains it. The last day, the great day of the feast, these are the words of Jesus, said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, what's going to happen to him? As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, in case you don't understand what that means, verse 39, Jesus said, explained through John, this spake he of the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. But the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So there was no Holy Ghost yet being open to believers. It would move on people, it would touch people, it would anoint people, but it didn't flow out of their inner belly. That was St. John 7, St. John 8. He said unto some Jews that were talking to him about who he was, he said, you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. So when I talk about the Beatitudes, when I talk about having a good attitude, people can have a good attitude and not be a Christian. You understand? But you cannot live a Christian life without first being a believer. You can live a decent life and a good life and have a good attitude and yet not be a believer. Kind of goes down to what James said about faith and works. He says, faith without works is dead. And he explained about Abraham had to offer Isaac. 
And he said, you show me a man that has faith, I'll say, show me my faith by my works, and I'll show thee faith by my works. Without works, there is no faith. If you believe in one God, then he uses this phrase, if you believe in one God, what? You do well, because guess what? The devils also believe and tremble. says, O vain man, faith without works is dead. So then the next question is, do devils really believe in one God? Who was the first recorded individual that confessed that Jesus was the Holy One of God? Does anybody know? The Bible records someone actually confessing that Jesus was the Holy One of God. Who was it? Mark the first chapter, verse 23. They were in a synagogue, a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? Very first chapter of Mark. I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. So when somebody tells you, I believe he exists and I confess with my mouth, and therefore, it doesn't matter how I act. I go, wow, this unclean spirit believes. And he confessed, thou art the Holy One of God. So how did Jesus say, thou art saved? Let's see. Jesus did what? Rebuked him, saying, shut up. Come out of him. And when that unclean spirit left, it tore him. And cried with a loud voice and came out. So just because somebody simply can say, well, I'm a believer, and I understand. You, you, you've got to be a believer first. I do get that. And I, none of us, and, and hear me, I, this is not works, and you can work it, you can work it. It comes through being a believer first. And so the Beatitudes really kind of tell us what the attitude or what a believer should look like. Hey, well, how should a believer look? What, should, what is the real attitude of a believer. Now this is how you can kind of see if somebody's attitude measures up or maybe more importantly you can see how your attitude measures up. Some of the verses in there we just read, merciful. Anybody full of mercy? Full of forgiveness? Has that ever been challenged with anybody? Not us because we are believers. 
We're Christians. Ever think, how many times? Not us. Blessed are the merciful. Oh, man. Okay, well, I'll be more merciful. Then what is it next? Blessed are the pure in heart. How many would raise their hand and say, man, pastor, I got that one licked. I am pure. I think pure thoughts. I have pure attitudes. I never have an impure. I never. I'm looking for hands. See, maybe Brother Hunt, I just saw Brother Hunt walk in. Did they give you an ordination today? We don't know yet. All right, we're praying. All right, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Peaceful, tranquil, in the midst of a storm. Anybody got that licked? Never anxious, never worried, never concerned. Just calm, lovely. Huh? Praise the Lord. That's what a Christian life looks like. Oh, pastor, we got it. Amen, right? These are the Beatitudes. Ugh. Well, unfortunately, you know, <clears throat> Paul and others wrote in epistles, and the epistles are the letters to the churches, people that had the Holy Ghost, that were believers, <clears throat> to the church at Rome, to the church at Corinth, to the Hebrews that are believers. On And he said things like, Romans, the fifth chapter, being justified with by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. How many do that all the time? <laughs> You're a believer. Faith without works is dead. So when the storm is raging, you have a peace. Because you have access by faith into his grace. And when you don't know what else to do, you just stand there in his grace. While you're standing, you start rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. Don't want to embarrass anybody, but all of you that do that all the time. Beatitudes. Peacemakers, huh? Now, most of you are sitting here like me and going, Oh, Pastor, I don't do it. Oh, no. And even read Romans the 8th chapter. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ. Believers in Christ, in the vine, 
thine in me. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. How many walk after the spirit all the time? Wow, look at all the hands. Well, let's get an easy one. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, follow peace with those that are nice. With what? All men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. And then he goes on to say, let all bitterness and evil speaking and immorality and all this be put away from you. Most of you are like me right now. You're going, okay, I've failed the Beatitudes. Let's just move on, Pastor. I'm not able to make it to the peace and the purity and the mercy. Hard for me to forgive. And yet, we know that Jesus himself said, I, I, I tell you the truth, that I have to go away. That's what the whole story of Easter was about. Because if I don't go away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. And he goes on to explain that of sin because they didn't believe on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the peace prince of this world is judged. So what I'm going to do, and I don't know if I'll bring it over into Sunday morning, Sunday night or not, or if I'll leave it on Wednesdays, but I, I want to talk about the Beatitudes as a growth process. And, and that's important. Everybody say a growth process. And I, and I want you to understand that because right now we're at springtime and buds and blooms are happening and things are going on. And I, I want you to understand that this is a growth process. Now, be careful because... I put here underneath that, cardinals are red birds. Anybody ever heard that? But you can't catch a bird and paint it red and it's a cardinal. You understand? In other words, if you don't believe... And if you don't put your life in him and let him transform you, just being merciful is not enough. I have seen people that, oh, I want to help this person. I want to help that. I want to do this. I'll give. I'll help. Huh? But it's not enough if you're not, if it's not flowing from the inside out. You understand the difference? You can go and be merciful. You can try to be pure. You can do all these things, but if it's not flowing from the inside. So it's a, a growth process. And, and if you see this plant, you kind of see what's going on in a normal cycle of a plant. 
you put the seed in the ground and Jesus talked about it and I could stop right here and go through the soil types and what were some of them, hard soil, pressed down, wayside soil, rocky soil, weedy soil. You remember the parable? Of all the types of soil. Soil type is important because some just lays on the top of the ground and the birds take it away. And Remember that? Okay. But when the word comes in, and there's a little bit of water, and that's important. There's got to be a little. That's why he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And there's some water, and it's wet, and the seed is in the ground, and it is. <clears throat> there's a, a thing on a seed called a seed coat. Anybody ever heard of that? It's kind of like the hard shell. And that water kind of breaks its way through there and that seed coat cracks open and the first thing that happens is something comes out and it doesn't head toward the sky where does it go down deep into the soil then sometimes on the other end or sometimes it just slowly pushes the seed or whatever, up and out of the soil. And then it begins to branch out. And if it grows enough, then you will have fruit, whether it's, you know, a flower, whether it's beans, whether it's strawberries, whatever that fruit is that, that came from that seed, tomatoes, okra, whatever. So you have several things to consider. Soil type, and there's a whole parable of that. I'm not going to go into that. Seed coat, that's how hard-hearted somebody is when they hear that. Then there is a root. Everybody say a root. And then there is a shoot. Everybody say shoot. And then there is fruit. And what I was reading to you about merciful and all that, that's the fruit. Okay? But you can't have the fruit unless you have the root. And you can't have the root unless you have the seed and you're a believer. Follow the progression? You can paint the bird red, but it's not a red bird. It's not a cardinal. All right. So here we are. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That was the first beatitude. For theirs is, everybody say is again, the kingdom of heaven. Now that's important because the rest of the beatitudes until you get to the persecution one are all shall be, future tense. Shall be, shall be, shall be, shall be, shall be. But this one is present tense. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> so when you say poor in spirit, what does it mean to be poor? Four, empty pockets. 
poor. Oh, well, I have a credit card. I got that. I can go. And we have a society that, you know, we don't want to be poor in anything. So just think, you can play this game and win $250. Don't believe it. Whatever. But poor, empty-handed, empty pockets, poor. So this first root is that you have to have an attitude of humility in a world that is so self-oriented. In a world that it's all about me. I take selfies of me. Why it's called selfie. It's all about me. What do I need? When I need it? How I need it? Huh? And he said, if you are truly going to live a Christian life, you have to first recognize that you have to have an attitude of humility. Solomon wrote in Proverbs, the 30th chapter, remove far from me vanity and lies and give me neither poverty nor riches. I'm, that's, he was talking about regular money. He was not talking about being poor in spirit. And I'm not talking about being poor in spirit. You can have a million dollars in the bank and be poor in spirit. Or you can have five cents in your pocket and be arrogant. Be prideful. In fact, I've known folks that are proud that they're humble. Huh? And you're like, I think you missed it. Solomon said, I don't want to be too poor lest I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I take the name of the Lord in vain. I steal, violate a commandment. If I'm too rich, I deny you, say, who is the Lord? So this was not talking about being poor monetarily. I understand it, you know. You've heard me say, I wish everybody in the church were multimillionaires. Because then you'd say, we need you to be one, Pastor, and hallelujah. So it'd be great. But you can be rich. It's not, the, it's not money that does it. It's the love of money. You can be rich, but you have to be poor in spirit. You have to have an attitude of humility. Jesus said in John, the 14th chapter, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. David said, I've set the Lord always before me. He's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore is my heart glad, my glory rejoice, my flesh shall rest in hope. In other words, what the reason I'm saying is in this world, they teach believe in yourself. <clears throat> believe that you can do it. Go out there and be a... Be gung-ho. No, you're, come on, I'm going to make you a champion today. <clears throat> I want everybody here to be a believer. God loves you. You are awesome. You're going to walk out of here and do great. Who did Jesus say to believe in? Him.
And I know I, I've gotten in trouble because some parents said, well, you know, I want my child to have good self-esteem. And I've said, I would rather have them good God esteem. It's not about who they are. It's about who. I don't care if you don't think you can do anything. What you know is I can do all things through Oh, I don't think I can, I don't think I can stop. I don't think I can change. I don't think I, probably right. My guess is you're right. But guess what? There's resurrection power for you. You may not be able to do it, but I know a God. But you got to be poor in spirit. You got to quit worrying about whether you can do it <clears throat> but it's focusing on what can he do? <clears throat> That's why David said, I've set the Lord before me. He is at my right hand. So I can be glad. I can glory. I can have, I, my flesh can rest in hope. Because you're not fighting me. You're not attacking me. It may feel like you've just called me out. It may feel like you've made fun of me. It may feel, but guess what? I serve him. David said in Psalms 34, the Lord is nigh unto them that are, he is close to them that are of what? A broken heart? And saveth such that have a contrite spirit. If you don't get this first root of humility, you will never be successful at living a Christian life. You say, well, Lord, you just need to be glad that I'm here and I'm pretty awesome and I'm pretty, are you? He is the one that's awesome. And David said in 138, though the Lord be high, yet he has respect unto the lowly, the proud he knows afar off. The whole Isaiah, the sixth chapter, remember when he said, the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. How did he respond? Fell at his feet like he was what? Dead. Said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Angel took a, remember that? Later on in Isaiah's book, he said, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place. And one place else. You know where else? With him that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Oh. Hard to keep that first beatitude. In a world that is so bent on. Look what they did to you. Look. You're not being blessed. You're not being fed. You're not being, it's all about you, you, you. I didn't like the music. I didn't like the preaching. I didn't like the I, 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 I. Huh? And I get it. 
because we have so many flavors of ice cream, you can choose the one you like. And yet, there are those that have never had ice cream that are just thrilled at whatever flavor. It can be tutti frutti pistachio. And it's just so amazing. Huh? But I don't really like tutti frutti and especially green pistachio. And I don't like, I, you know, I, uh, I want whatever flavor, because it's better. I'll drive up to Utica and get my favorite ice cream, wherever, Tom's or whatever, because it's better. I know, we're all guilty of that. So what is the blessing of being poor in spirit? When he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, what is the real blessing of being poor in spirit? Theirs is, is the kingdom of heaven. When you have an attitude of humility, you get to taste heaven on earth right now. You get to have a taste of heaven when you are arrogant and demanding and you want this and you want that and you don't want it that way, it's like you don't get to taste heaven at all. For, because someone who has an attitude of humility, they realize God doesn't owe me anything. The church doesn't owe me anything. The pastor doesn't owe me anything. The song service doesn't have to be what my favorite song is. Just to be able to be in the presence of the Lord. I understand. We try to be kind. We try, you know, we're trying to do a service where everybody's pleased and happy. But when you have an attitude of humility, you're just so. That's why David would say something like, I was glad when they said unto me. That's why some people say, Maybe he was an illegitimate child because he wasn't allowed to go into, because he was just so thankful to be in the presence of God. Oh, Lord Jesus, it's Wednesday night again. My God, I haven't eaten supper. I, if I don't go, pastor will probably say something. Oh, God. Sure hope he gets out at 8 o'clock. I tell you what, I haven't. Not us, but how easy is it to get a little bit of an attitude? Blessed just to be able to ask him, talk to him. You remember the story, it's the parable in Luke the 18th chapter. Two guys come in, one stands way back at the door. He doesn't want anybody to see him. And he's going, oh, God, be merciful to me. Huh? Another one standing up there saying, oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad I'm not like all those other people back there. 
The Bible says one went away justified. One went away forgiven. Which one? The guy that was just thankful to be there. He was a publican, but he was just thankful that somebody had accidentally let him in the door. Because normally they should have kicked him out. Taste of heaven. Gives me strength to withstand affliction. You remember when Simon Peter says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that have come. He starts out in the fourth chapter. But rejoice, for you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Are you crazy? Rejoice? What a privilege! It's not about me and what I'm going through. It's about him and what he went through. And what a privilege to be like him. Woo! That you would rejoice with exceeding joy. Then in the fifth chapter he says, Submit yourselves to the elders and everyone be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, gives grace, grace, grace. Grace to the humble, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, casting all your cares on him for he cares for you. Helps us love others. What does the Bible say about love, charity? The 13th chapter says, seeks not our own, is not easily provoked. I can't believe they act, treated me that way. I just can't believe it. Ridiculous. Did they know who I am? And I, hard to keep this root down into the spirit, isn't it? But if you don't have that, you'll never have these other attitudes. Six, the fifth one of heaven on earth, and my time is about up. It keeps me from falling into temptation. You remember, he that thinks he stands, take heed lest he... Bumps his nose. Oh, I got this covered. I can do it. I, pride goes before what? Destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. When you think, I can handle it, I can do it, I can, I'm, I, I can, oh, I can juggle this, I can do this, I can do all of that, guess what? You're going to end up. Because you cannot maintain a Christian life. You can Paint the bird red. Come to church. Fold your hands. And look like a cardinal. But if your attitude's not right. From the inside. Guess what? You're still not a red bird. Helps me worship. What did Paul say? God forbid that I should glory, that I should glory. Oh, look at how awesome I am. Look what we did. Look at how great this is. Look at the great, and I'm proud. I'm proud of our musicians, our singers, our, our, all of our building, all of our stuff. Oh, I'm so proud. Our, 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 it's wonderful. Oh, look at us. Look at me. Be careful. 
The only thing we should glory in is the cross of Jesus by whom the world was crucified. Number seven, heaven on earth keeps my mind, heart, spirit off of me, myself, and mine. When you are humble, it's hard to think about yourself. I don't know if I can take it. I don't know if I can. I don't think I can. I don't think. Greater is he that is. What is a great example? Last slide. I'll stop. Jesus repeated this, and I didn't put them all down, but fifth chapter. I can do of my own self, I can do nothing. I can do nothing? I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father, which has sent me. Sixth chapter. It's not... I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. John the 8th chapter, I seek not my own glory. And we know the famous verses in Philippians where he said, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who did what? Made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, humbled himself, became obedient to death, not just any death, but the death of the cross. God hath exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. If Jesus, who was God manifest in the flesh, could take a posture of humility and I can't. Hard to call myself a Christ-like Christian. You understand what I'm saying? Because being Christ-like starts with the first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they get to have a taste of heaven. What do I mean? When the world is on fire and raging and things are going, to be able to just humble yourself and say, Lord, I need your touch. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I can't do this on my own. I can't handle it. I can't go there. For a moment, you can escape almost, as it were, into the streets of glory. Huh? Just for a moment, begin letting his presence wash through your mind and your heart, your will. <clears throat> Beatitudes. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Thank you for being here. It's good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. Good to have Brian and Michelle. Good to have the hunts. Good to have all of you, <clears throat> when you realize what it means to be merciful and to be peaceful, and to, it should make us realize we need to be humble, poor in spirit. But when you think, well, I know, but I'm not as bad as, oh, I'm already off on the wrong foot. My root is not going down going sideways somewhere. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for his word. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your many blessings.
We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Bless each individual that's here. Help us to have the right attitude in a world that has gone crazy. Give us your attitudes. Give us an attitude adjustment, Lord. In Jesus